Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Yo, I cannot believe I finally have you on the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. Hey, This is the latest party in the, in the country, child. I'm, trying, I'm been waiting Hello. outside the club trying to get in, okay? Listen, I know we about to have a really good time. First of all, what's on your hoodie? Because you always be having the merch and like, you know. Okay, so this, it says Noir is what I'm wearing today. It's from the Jolie Noir um, collection with Target. You know, they do okay. their Black History Month Target drop oh, every dope. year. And uh, Jolie Noir, they're two, uh, two black women, their partner, and this is their uh, their brand. It's a sweatsuit. What's cute? Yes, that's super cute. That's super cute. I love how you can just come onto a podcast looking cute while also pursuing your PhD. Like, okay, <laughs> period. Yeah, and I, it's the lore, honey, because I'm cute, but on the inside, yes. like, help me, help me, please. Yes. Help me, Because <laughs> I looked a mess my entire uh, five years. Like, I, I looked. A mess, but you you look you look good. I mean, I couldn't come on page with Dr. Shonda looking a mess. I can't couldn't come on here all week. I've been looking like what I've been through, but today I had to pull it together. Not okay. looking like what you've been through. I can't. But y'all listen. So Brittany is currently pursuing her PhD. Not only is she a student, but she is also America's number one sexologist, Christian sexologist. So period. So, Brittany, tell the people a little bit about yourself, what it is that you do, and why you do it. Absolutely. Well, the first thing I can answer is why I do it, because Jesus made me. Because I wanted to be a lawyer, and he was like, nah, nah, sis, I got something else for you. And so that's how the intimacy firm came to be. The intimacy firm, um, I run as a Christian sexologist and licensed social worker. It is a faith-based agency where we empower individuals to discover, navigate, and embrace their sexual selves without compromising their beliefs. Mm. That looks real cute on the website, but in real life, I am the representative standing in the gap for all those unapologetically in love with Jesus and sex, even if they aren't having it. I love it. I love it. So because, you know, when we talk about sex, when we talk about relationships and such, I feel like there's such a stigma attached to it, um, especially in the Christian world. And if your ears are sanctified right now, listening to this, this might not be the episode for you. So you can like fast forward or whatever. But if you read the Bible... You know, okay. <laughs> uh, you might want to stay, but, but yeah, like, I, I wonder like what has been your experience as you do this work and dismantling some of the stigmas that are associated with sex when it comes to the Christian world? Absolutely. It has been for sure a uphill battle. Literally my first presentation when I started the intimacy firm, it was called sex and salvation. 
it was with a married singles ministry Sunday school. Like they had a joint Sunday school and I taught the workshop and one of the elders came up to me after like, this was so good, but next time we should do it in the fellowship hall, not in the sanctuary. And it was honestly at that moment, I don't even really talk like this, but it was honestly at that moment where God was like, see, this is why. And ever since then, it's been those same things. As much as I have those people who like, yes, please tell me more. It's yeah. those people who are clutching their pearls and like a woman of God wouldn't, you know, wouldn't do that. And it is that mindset that keeps us bound. And just like you said, use the perfect mm-hmm. word. I work to dismantle mm-hmm. those you know, those beliefs, and you know, like in, you know, in therapy and things like that, the first step is cycle ed. Before we get into treatments and interventions and medications and all of that, we start with education. And a lot of the strongholds that people of faith have are, you know, and endure is because of poor education on either the science Mm -hmm. or the scripture Mm -hmm. as it relates to sex. So that's what really what I do is helping people like God is in this. He created this. He created sex. And mm-hmm. if the Bible talks about it, we should talk about it. More importantly, we should learn about it. We're called to honor God with our bodies. And you can't honor him with a, with a body you don't know. Because then it's not obedience, it's ignorance. You starting already. I mean, you now. <laughs> <laughs> so that means that when I don't take the time to learn about my body, to, to educate myself on sex, which is, you know, what, what God created, then I'm in disobedience. I'm not honoring God. Absolutely. And you flat out calling God a liar. On the sixth day, God saw all that he had made and said that he was it was very good. Humanity was the only thing he said was very good. So for you to ignore it, for you to be ashamed about it or or speak in a, speak about it in a way that is negative, you're telling God he don't know what he's talking about. Mm. Y'all, ladies mm. and gentlemen, Brittany Brodus, like this is <laughs> this okay. is the intimacy firm. <laughs> hey y'all. Hey, listen, yo, I, I, oh my gosh, we can go in so many directions. I already feel like this is going to be like that episode, like that, the one that people have been waiting for. Um, But we're going to get into some rapid fire first. I want to get back into the conversation with like, um, you know, like you said, sex and salvation, like that in itself was just intriguing for me. But yeah, let's do some rapid fire. I want the people to get to know you a little bit better. Y'all ready. Y'all, I'm nervous. Hold on, let me hold on. Why are you nervous? You know, because you play. (laughs) But you should be nervous because the last time I was on your podcast, you was all up and through my business. So this is just payback. (laughs) All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. No, it's not going to be that bad. All right. First question hip hop or RB? Say it louder. Oh, I said hip hop. Hold on. I said hip hop, but no, RB. R&B. Okay, why? I mean, because there is nothing like 90s R&B. Like, it is really the soundtrack of so even given some of its toxicity, it is like the real, the soundtrack of everyone's life. Like, you can't, it's nothing that you can't get accomplished mm-hmm. with Joe to see, you know, oh, right. Drew Hill, all of them, you know, shy, all of them playing in, you know, playing in the background. Now, you know, tossing a little T.I. every now and then. But for the then. most part, hard. <laughs> okay. Your favorite love song? Ooh. Is that a thing? <laughs> no, for real. Um, Lenny Williams was like, girl, you know I, I, I love you. <laughs> no matter what. That, that's my deal. I love the impersonation. That was so good. <laughs> That was really good. <laughs> He's multi-talented, y'all. Like, I don't know what to say. Uh, okay. 
Your favorite date? Oh, so thus far in my life, the best date I've ever been on, we called, we had a name for it. It was called Crabs, Candles, and Cooley. We went, it was, it was, um, it was the day after Valentine's Day. We had just started dating maybe the week or so before. Um, and he did, got like tea light candles all around his apartment with a, a blanket and some uh, snow crab legs. He made Kool-Aid, he made Kool-Aid and we just sat and just cracked snow crab legs and just drank Kool-Aid and just talked and really got, we was only like seven or so days in. So we really just got to know each other, eating crab legs. Messy. I was still in my work uniform, but it was just so it was so cute. And to this day, that's the best date that I've ever been on. Crabs and Kool-Aid. Crabs and Kool-Aid. I love it. It was so dope. It It was so dope. (laughs) That might be the name of this episode, Crabs and Kool-Aid. Hey, it was dope. It don't take it don't take much, but that that was I mean, give me much. That part. Give me much, but it don't take much. Right. (laughs) And it shouldn't though. It shouldn't like right. take all that to to get to know somebody. Like right. I should be able right. to get to know you and vibe out over some yeah. pizza. Like I don't need to be, yeah. Yeah. you know. So, yeah, people confuse effort with interest. Like mm. people, like they 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 confuse it and they think. And even with the effort, sometimes they it's material materialistic and yeah. like they don't the thought behind it, the consideration behind it, the the meaning behind like we talk about all the time um intent versus impact and so as long as you are intending well it may not look hashtagable mm-hmm. it may not be viral worthy right but if it meant something for you and it was the quality of of interaction that you were looking for mm-hmm. we got to know each other more and that some two hours sitting on that floor than three months of time and what i've been experiencing with these dating apps yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. So y'all, if you look in, um, Brittany said that y'all can show up to her doorstep with crabs and Kool-Aid and it'll be on and popping. All right. But next also. question. <laughs> <laughs> <And> but also. <laughs> what was, when was your last date? What was the last date you've been on? <laughs> so you're really getting in my business. Yeah, we want the tea. We want the tea. Oh my god! I just went on a date uh, two weeks ago. Oh, that was really two, recent. Very recent. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Two Mondays ago. Okay. How was it? <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> it was it was it cute. Started cute. It was cute. Okay. It came about cutely. I don't think that's a word. It the it start it was good and then it was one of those things that when it was over, it was like, yo, we don't want this to be over. So it was like a date part two. But yes. then date part two got weird. And then I was like, like this what was weird about it? I mean, <laughs> you know, all like you know, when people when we first meet somebody, you send out your representative. It's almost like one of those things that is inevitable. Like even when you try to 
lean into radical honesty where I was like, there's a part of you that's not trying to be dis- deceptive, but like reserved for okay. once you get to know somebody a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that person was at the first part of the date, but then like the regular, regular person showed up at the second part and I was like... And you wasn't feeling it. Yeah, I was like, mm, I don't think I'm comfortable eating here no more. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk more about that offline. I yes. Girl. <laughs> okay, so what was your worst date? part of this one. <laughs> really? That was your worst day ever? No, not I mean, yes, it's in the running, but uh, besides, other than that, and this, I know this is going to be unbelievable, but I promise on my kids, we can take this. I was Chucky. I was Chucky at Chuck E. Cheese for a few oh. years. Yes. Oh. Yes, girl. I lived a thousand lives. I was Chucky at Chuck E. Cheese. And this, I did Chucky for this one little, this baby's birthday, and then they brought the family brought them back um this for the siblings' birthday, but I was I was just there, like I wasn't mm-hmm. working. So they paid me a couple dollars to put the costume on because they because I used to get busy and Chucky. <laughs> and so so I did that and then the dad like the dad, it was clear that the dad and mom they weren't together. Like mm-hmm. that just was they were showed up. So after it was all said and done, the dad showed me his gratitude, like thank you so much, gave me a couple extra dollars. Okay. I was like, you know, if you ever want to go out, blah, 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 whatever. I was young. You was young. I'm like, okay, cool. We got, wind up going out. I got cute. I had on gauchos. So this, you know how long ago this was. I had on gauchos. Early and, 2000s, yeah. Yes. And so we <laughs> went to Subway. And we got to the register. And he hit me with the, he he forgot his wallet. So I said, okay. Ain't no thing. I'm using your money anyway. Because he this, we, this was the next day. The money he gave me for being Chucky. This is your money anyway, so whatever. So I paid for the food. We walked back to his house. He the, his house, air quotes. We walked back to his house. He he acts like he's like his wallet and his keys are now missing. So he's like, stay right here. Goes around the back, climbs in the back window, and let me in the front door. Up there, we chilling, watch movies. Everything's fine, right? Everything's fine. About an hour or so into the date, we hear. He looks out the window. He's like, oh, shoot, we got to go. Hey, guys. So I know that you're enjoying the current episode of the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, but I really want to tell you about my text community. This is where I can ask you questions, take polls, and you guys can ask me anything that you'd like. I love connecting with my listeners, and this is just a better way for us to do it. So if you're interested, text podcast to 21000. That's podcast to 21000. Hey, what's up, y'all? I know you're enjoying the podcast and I'm going to let you get back to it, but I wanted to share very briefly about the dopest black mental health apparel that you will ever see. Do me a favor and go to www.mindsoftheculture.org. We have so many different sweatshirts, t-shirts, crew necks, all different types of apparel that is not only fashionable, but will start conversations. Minds of the Culture Apparel is where street fashion meets black mental health. Shop for Black History Month, use code podcast and you will get an extra discount just for me all right enjoy the show the floor that we were on there was a landing to get to some steps so we had to climb out the i don't know why he didn't tell me we had to climb out the back door out the back door from that room run down the steps and run out the door and i was moving he was like yo he was like i don't know how fast you can move but you need to get out of here and we and i never i just ran so i couldn't run no more and i never spoke to him again I don't know Are what happened. 
I don't know what happened. I don't know who was knocking on the door. I just know he, he had to go. Oh my so goodness! I had to go. But you know, even still, the second part of this last date was still worth it. Are you? Can we hear more about the second part of the last date then? <sighs> okay, you remember you, if you're comfortable, and, and then I'll talk to I'm you about trying my, to, my worst date. I'm trying to do it in a way that's like keeping, you know, not trying to cash cash the gentleman in. Sure. But okay, so did you see my last? I'll just put like, did you see a post I had a couple of weeks ago about um, physical touch and how that doesn't it's not always sexually motivated? Uh, I don't know. Okay, um, so you know this, you know that voiceover that's like they're looking and like, where your clothes at? You ever heard that that voiceover? Uh uh-uh. uh. Anyway, doesn't matter. There's I did a post on like when you like when they when you tell them your love language is physical touch, and so we had that conversation, and he he could not wrap his head around the idea of physical touch, affection, physical affection versus sexually motivated touch. Okay, and he wasn't he wasn't gay, and so you know as I'm abstaining and. He he wasn't understanding it, so I I had to go. So okay, that. okay, yeah. All right. Well, you want to hear about my my worst date? Yeah. <laughs> you probably can we heard this already. Me. Oh, I think you heard this one already. I think I told oh, you. Me. Okay, me. so this was <laughs> I was on a date. Yes, because I told you while I was with Jen, and this story always cracks Jen up. Oh my god, Jen is gonna be here the last week, y'all. So. I was on this date with this pastor. And so, oh, yes. <laughs> Girl, yes. Oh my God. So we was, you know, we were at a restaurant or whatever, um, just vibing, having good conversation. And then, of course, like Sunday nights, any if you ever talk to any preacher, pastor, what have you, you want to hear about the sermon, like you know, what the topic they gotta preach about or whatever. So he's like, you want to um, hear my sermon for tomorrow? I'm like, sure. I'm thinking he's going to give me the cliff notes, uh, you know, just a few, a, a brief synopsis, maybe even a scripture. This man goes into full hoop mode, like preaching at the table at a restaurant. Like, li- like I, loud. Like, I, I would have I'm looking died. around embarrassed. Like, me? <laughs> I would have died. Brittany, I was red, like. I get embarrassed easily. I don't like attention on me. (laughs) I know it. I can imagine. Listen, I can imagine. So I'm looking around like, all right, I got to go to the bathroom. And he's like, no, no, you got to hear this part. You got to hear this part. And he starts going in even more. Oh, my God. I couldn't. Not you got to hear the part. I'm just like, how can you have such poor social skills that you're preaching to me on a date? Like, here's the thing. Like, not only is it inappropriate for the setting, but why do I care about your sermon and we're dating? Like, there's like people who have their kids on their dating app profile. What? What? It, it was dr- trash. It's substance. Abuse. It was it trash. <laughs> <laughs> that's just—that's one of those moments that just lives in my head, rent free. I always talk about it when anybody asks me about my worst date, and I have to stop talking about it because I'm realizing every time I bring it up. He ends up texting me. It's like I'm, I'm speaking him into like. Oh my goodness! I'm Listen, like, I why under- is he contacting? Yeah, and so. you know, it's what, and my little sister, she'll randomly be like, "You remember you had to jump out that back window?" <laughs> like, bro, like, why do you? He was, she was like, "I'm just saying." She was like, "She was like, and your flip flops got messed up." I was like, <laughs> "Not the flip flops." <laughs> oh my god! Like, but those are the moments, like. 
that I should have known with the and that stuff like oh I forgot my wallet that's stuff that they talk about on TV you never expect right. that to happen in real <laughs> life like the oh I forgot my wallet trick but he really right. so now you don't have a wallet or a home because you obviously oh. don't live here I don't know what you was doing here but you don't live here either that or you had a girl something, something was going whatever, on whatever was going on I was confused and I didn't stick around to figure it out yeah that was wild though, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now nah, I appreciated that story. All right. What are your non-negotiables when dating? Oh, absolutely. I'm not having sex and I'm not having no more kids. So you don't want no more kids? No. Absolutely not. Okay. I got two. Kate and Carter, mommy loves you, but that's it. <laughs> okay. Now what I did settle with is I'm 34 and I typically date older guys. So the likelihood of them being older than me, not wanting any kids and not having kids is kind of slim. Mm-hmm. So I'm settled with the fact that I may be like a bonus mom to some new kids. Okay. But fresh infants, no. Yeah. Never going to do that. You lived that life twice, so I get it. Like you've done, you've been through it. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the... It wasn't really rapid fire because I was interested in your answers. Right. Like I wanted you to elaborate. <laughs> But that was interesting. (laughs) Yes. So we got all up in your business. Um, Consider it payback. So (laughs) we're going to transition into the next portion. We're jumping straight into the topic, y'all. We are talking about sex and relationships. This is our sex and relationship myth busters. So what other expert would I have here to talk about this than the number one Christian psychologist in America? (laughs) So Brittany, you ready to get started? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, let's get it. So, facts or fiction? Sex was only designed for procreation. Fiction. Mm. Fiction. She said fiction, y'all. That's fiction. There are three purposes um, that God discusses or that the Bible discusses that God intended sex for. Procreation being one of them, and Mm -hmm. arguably some may say the most important one because the first commandment um, and God gave Adam and Eve as husband and wife was to be fruitful and multiply. So obviously guys like they God likes babies. And we have to, you know, his greatest creation, which is humanity, yeah. is furthered through procreation. So we have that. Then there's partnership. You know, the um with leave and cleave, there are sexual implications to that, to that experience of becoming one flesh. There's like the imagery, you can imagine the imagery literally coming together as mm-hmm. one flesh. Mm-hmm. And then there's pleasure. Proverbs talks about rejoicing the wife of your youth. May her breast satisfy you always. May you be ever intoxicated with her love. Yeah, I know y'all, you got a lot of saints that's listening to your podcast and they don't, they don't drink. They don't know what it means to be intoxicated. But when you get into the original language there, some that language, that word is where the word that we understand erotic, where that word comes from. And mm-hmm. so it's like literally be overtaken out of body with the pleasure that that what that is and even the passion translation says your sex life will be blessed and so wow. that what translation was that the the passion translation says okay. that your sex life will flat out you know passion translation get real get i real. never like read it 
Oh yeah, the passion trade center is like, listen, get get busy, get busy. <laughs> <laughs> and so in the in the Bible, pleasure is not just permitted, it's promoted. And mm. even when we look at um, like again, like that leaving cleaving the partnership aspect of it, there are different ways that euphemisms that they use in the Bible where it says Adam knew Eve mm-hmm. and bore, bore his up. And that's when they talk about that procreation. And there's that knowing part, the covenant, the connection, the coming together, which is different from David lied with Bathsheba. And mm. you, know, you know the story of Mark David and Bathsheba. So if you don't, David and Bathsheba, I know y'all read your Bible, but real quick, King David, he was supposed to be off in battle fighting. He wasn't. He was off on, he was in a balcony, he looked down and he saw Bathsheba, who she was fine, and she was bathing. He he told one of his handlers, he said, I want her, go get her. And so he was the, she was the wife of one of the soldiers, Uriah, who was on the, he was in the field fighting for his people, like he was supposed to do. So David came and he lied with Bathsheba or he had sex with her. She was already married to someone else and Mm. she was not one of his wives, but he took her. And as a king, she couldn't say no. And so there's also that you already had that power dynamic and implications of, you know, Mm -hmm. sexual assault because she couldn't tell him. She couldn't consent because she was he was the king. She couldn't tell him no. And so there's there's always talking about lie with there's no covenant there. And they also talk about when talking about prostitution, like a man will go into a, pr- a prostitute and that looks at the you, you hear that language is more transactional than mm-hmm. the relational language of to know to know yeah this is bible i didn't expect this to turn into like yeah <laughs> you getting your whole phd in like theology and all that like i'm trying i'm trying, I'm trying. No, that's like, because i never i never it, I never really studied it that way. So mm-hmm. Adam and Eve knowing each other, which speaks mm-hmm. more into that intimacy piece mm-hmm. versus Absolutely. just lying with somebody, which yep. is more so surface level. Just, you know, you're not necessarily more casual. Yep. Right. Yep. And you lay wow. down no closer than when you, you get back up, no closer than when you lay back down. But mm-hmm. when you know someone you get up with more, you get up with more information, you get up mm. having shared on the other side of that is vulner, uh, is a chosen vulnerability as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, Bathsheba was likely vulnerable during that time, but she didn't have a choice in the matter. These mm-hmm. are two people coming together who've made a decision to be with one another, who've made a decision to be in that space to one another and share that aspect of that, of each other. Like there's how much more vulnerable are you than when wow. you are, nude or naked and inside or having someone inside of you. She's preaching already, though. I don't know if y'all taking notes. I don't know, like, but you need to be. Like, sis is preaching already. And even, like, as we talk about this one, and, man, this conversation is going so many directions, but I think, like, when we're talking about, like, sex and some people believing that it's only for procreation, which doesn't align with the Bible... Um, it, you talk about like God is sex positive, like you, yeah. that's, that's your platform. Um, and I, I really love how you kind of bring that out. And even in this conversation about hearing about the, the different euphemisms that describe sex in the Bible, like that just further proves your point that mm-hmm. sex isn't a sin. Like sex was created by God. Like the, Yeah. Absolutely. And when you think about, um, so there's, it, it asks the question, is it the act or the timing? And it's a lot of things that people say, is this sin? Is that sin? And I, I help them when I do the work that I do a lot of times is values clarification, because yeah. I say, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be your guilt gatekeeper. 
when you get to the gates, God ain't gonna ask you about me. He gonna ask you about you, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but because this is a calling of mine, he may ask me about you. And the, meaning the work that I do and have I led folks astray. And so it's not my it's not my role to tell you what to do. It's mm-hmm. my role to bring you closer to God, bring you closer to his word and help you really study. And that studying means critiquing, it means analyzing, it means answering questions. But I mean, what does this word mean in general? And then what does it mean for my life? When he says his grace is sufficient, that means there are certain things, there's a walk and a life and an embodiment of Christianity that's going to be different from one person to the next. And that's the same with, it's the same with sexuality and really being able to understand what does this mean for me? There are biblical absolutes right. and then there are preferences and then there are convictions. And what do they, what do they all mean? How do they all come together to make me who I am and make me uh, strong enough or sharp enough to carry out what God has purposed me to do. Right. And right. too often we take our sexual self and put it on the shelf to use at a later date. We don't right. see the sexual self as a crucial part of who we are, but literally you we are walking sexuality. We are anatomy, we are physiology, we are body image, we are black women. That's that is sexual. When you talk about black women, when you talk about breathing, when you talk about your body as a temple and you talk the decisions that you make about to your body, that's sexuality. Everything that you do mm-hmm. as a human falls under the umbrella of human sexuality. It's a part of our identity. I love that you said that. Yes. Girl, listen, we're going to have to take up an offering for you. Um, (laughs) The next question is, okay, fact or fiction? Protection should not be used in marriage. So within that union of marriage, protection should not be used. Oh, fiction. Big, big false. Big, big big false. false. (laughs) It's so funny that we're doing this now because I just did a post today um, and the, the lead uh, graphic said a condom for what I'm married and okay. it was really breaking down reasons that a married person could use a condom first and foremost don't know, everybody don't want to have children or if everybody had enough children and so condoms um, help prevent um, external condoms um, are effective 98% of the time internal condoms are effective 95% of the time when used correctly against pregnancy and STIs. And so some people will say, oh, just use birth control. But hormonal birth control wreaks havoc Mm -hmm. on women's bodies. And then Black women in particular, we aren't given the same support in healthcare to help us Mm -hmm. navigate that that journey and what it means for us. And then never, not to mention, you know, fibroids and and endometriosis and other things that we are disproportionately impacted by that 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 hormonal birth control can, you know, affect. And so... I don't, if we don't want to have that in, as an experience for our life, then a condom could prevent that. There's also non baby making uh, issues like that. Semen can disrupt your pH balance. Mm. And so I may, you know, you may use a condom to prevent the semen, but you, he, your, the husband may not want to. How can I say? You, I want you to be transparent. I, like, All right. He may not want to, he may not want to pull out. He may not be that good at pulling out, you know, because you think that the pullout game is strong and it is very much weak. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Stacey Ike here from the Human to Human podcast and Recovering Perfectionist. If you're looking to explore your interpersonal relationships, have a safe space to reflect without shame 
and deep dive into the many layers of being human, then come hang out with me on the Human to Human podcast where I go deep with your favorite celebrities, tastemakers, and thought leaders. Be sure to check out and subscribe to Human to Human with Stacey Ike. That's the number two, not the word two, brought to you by the Revolt Podcast Network. I'll see you there. <laughs> it is very much weak. But... And so that that semen, like the the you know the makeup of the chemical makeup of the semen, can disrupt the pH balance. And when you have a disrupted pH balance, you're talking um, yeast infections, yeah. bacteria, vaginosis, a number of unpleasant, unple- unpleasant things. And so condoms help with that. But in addition to condoms, there are other barrier methods like the finger cut. If you have you know. Um, broken skin or you know mm-hmm. things like that or other like if you work in certain areas and you've cleaned your nails really well but your hands just like you know even like people are just germaphobes and you want to use you know uh finger cots if you're doing these type but of digital can you explain what that is though a finger cot is like the it's like a it's a condom for your finger essentially it looks like one of those things that folks put on when they're trying to like flip papers or prevent mm-hmm. paper cuts but you mm-hmm. just roll it down over your finger and if you're doing any type of digital stimulation you can use it for that okay. because what it also does is protect bacteria from trans. So we, we think sexually transmitted infections, we always think, you know, herpes, gonorrhea, syphilis, but it's just like bacteria in your nails. And if you're using a dental dam, which is like that, you know, sheet of plastic that people use for oral sex over the vulva, over the anus, like there's bacteria in your mouth, there's bacteria in your finger that, you know, that you don't want inside of you have a very sensitive vulva nobody wants it and so you use it to protect from to protect from those things there's also people who have um stis that are incurable Mm -hmm. but they're still living full uh thriving full lives that and are married and so you want to make sure that you're protecting your partner from the transmission of those things so barrier methods help to protect from that and that doesn't mean that anybody's cheating like you can have you could have come into the marriage with the sti you could have been born into um having certain certain right. things that you don't want to transmit from one person to the next so the barrier method being just a single person thing is a big big picture yes so you're saying condoms and barriers and we're having sex isn't just for single people like this is should okay. it should be okay yeah right. i mean if you want to it, it really is a decision like it's a mm-hmm. decision that you make within um, even on my post, uh, some uh, some women said that they until her husband gets a vasectomy, they're mm-hmm. going to use they're going to use condoms because his semen disrupts her her pH. There were a couple ones that were like, I'm not going to do it. I prefer natural family planning, which is you know the pull out method or um, scheduling sex around nine uh, fertile days and stuff like that. My math don't be mathing like that, and so <laughs> I never. That's not anything that I've ever wanted. You know, wanted to do. Ask one of my colleagues, Ask Goody. She teaches about sexually transmitted allergens, and there are certain mm-hmm. fluids that, when the fluids mix together, you, they cause allergic reactions. And so, mm-hmm. barrier methods can prevent all. You know, all of those things. Okay. See, this is why I love having experts on the podcast because it's like you have just a wealth of knowledge and like speaking facts about the human body, um, not just from like a spiritual perspective, but also biologically, like we need people in the kingdom who can talk to us about these different parts of our anatomy, our bodies. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're definitely a gem, Brittany. Um, all right. You, you ready for the next one? Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> all right. Whew. When it comes to genitals, 
Does size matter? Oh, they're gonna cancel me. They're gonna cancel me for even asking you. They're gonna put hate mail on my face. (laughs) So, So, when it does size matter, that is the age old question. Yes, okay, and size matters because it matters and not for what you think it means. So, most people are asked that question does size matter as it relates to pleasure? Like, are you? Are you are lovers most times this question is asked about penis sizes? Does a bigger penis mean better sex? Mm. That's false. However, size matters because body compatibility is a thing, mm. right? There are just like there are different lengths in penises, there are different lengths and widths in uh, in construction of vaginal canals. Mm-hmm. And so there's also differing bodies, like body sizes, and so certain uh, positions are better for different uh, different size penises and so that doesn't mean you won't it won't work it just means you have to work to make it and not in like a negative way like oh you got to do extra work but you have to figure out what works for your body and your preferences and your interests and so very deep like a spot orgasm which is like that a spot is the air anterior fornix which is deep in the back behind the bladder between the um Wait, say that again. You're teaching us something right now. Hold, say it again. <laughs> the A spot, which okay. is deep in the back of the, the, the that's the anterior fornix, which is the deep, deep, deep penetration. That's the organ from that deep, deep penetration. And some people don't like that. It doesn't feel good, you know, for everybody. And so, someone who's um, well endowed or like have a large penis that every time is fully in all the way in the back that may not feel comfortable so it matters because he needs to be mindful if he has a partner who has a shallower canal or just doesn't like that deep penetration he needs to be mindful of how he's moving and what he's doing and same for her she may if she's on top um of her husband she she can't you know sit all the way down and all of those considerations are important the unfortunate part is we don't think about sex that logistically Right, because yeah. we think it's we, porn has told us that you just come in, your clothes magically fall off, you you do all these flips and tricks, and, and everybody's happy, and then you just fall, you know, you just fall out, and you climax at the same time, or worse, it doesn't matter if she climaxes as long as he get his, everybody's good, and mm. you know, as long as the camera's just focused. That's on what. That's what society. I'm sorry. Say what you were saying again, Brittany. No, you're right. That's what society tells us. Pleasure is, and Goody says this all the time. Pleasure is penis shaped. And that's the unfortunate part. And so that's why size matters because you can craft what works for you and you create, you uh, foster that culture of sexual excellence or sexlets um, <laughs> in your marriage by being able to understand this is his body, this is my body, and this is how we navigate them together. Though, the, But there is not one body type that is more yeah. capable of pre- pleasure provision than the other. Okay. I love it. Okay. So I got another question coming from that. Um, But before we get into that, I believe in transparency. So I love how you're pulling me out of my comfort zone by having this conversation. Because I can't, I don't know if you can tell, I'm turning red. I'm like, I'm trying to. (laughs) But even, even when you were talking, like, this is great information, but I'm trying not to smile like I'm a, a teenager. Like, what is going on with me right now? Do I need to analyze myself? Like, why am I so uncomfortable having these conversations? Like, what's... 
that you wouldn't be you wouldn't be alone like you know and as a believer and you know we don't want to wake love before it's time and we you know got our blinders on staying focused on the word this is um, what i say all the time to my my folks on my platform is you don't have to sin to be informed and Mm, that is what you don't have to sin to be informed it really is a commitment to like we said earlier learning your body and learning the ways of of sex and sexuality and learning sexuality beyond as dr lex says beyond the first three letters and so Mm. people hear sex and they think they think penis and vagina penetration. They think fluids. They think, you know, noises and hair pulls and, you know, wop and uh, face down, backside up, like Ludacris <laughs> said. Like, they think all this, you know, thong song, tip drill. Like, that's what comes to mind. Tip drill. When they think, <laughs> that's what comes to mind when they think sex, but it's so much more than that. Yeah. And so if we normalize this conversation, like, if we can say penis without whispering vulva versus vagina like you know that type of thing when that removes the seeds that plucks up the seeds of shame and so then when we pluck up the seeds of shame and we remove that cloak of darkness the enemy has nowhere to hide the enemy has nowhere to play so we're just having normal conversations so when I say finger and foot nobody bats an eye and we continue to have these conversations in these spaces in faith-based spaces saying this is what God says and though we may not be able to say specific, God doesn't say, put your mouth on this penis. No. However, it, he establishes bodies as good. He establishes, you know, marital autonomy. You know, he establishes important the importance of pleasure and, mm-hmm. you know, and things of that nature. So it's okay to have it because God talk about it. We can talk about it. And then he rule. if you believe him to be a sovereign God, then mm-hmm. you believe that he rules on the, the social science as much as the theology, the that medical part. field, as much as the, you know, the mental health field. If he, he said he reigned on the just and the unjust. Okay. And so you can't, you want to keep them in the box of just the 66 books. You don't serve the God I serve. Okay. Come because on. At one point, with just the 66 books at one point, there could be a place where you have arrived, where you can figure it out. I don't want to serve a guy who I got all figured. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, you know, I like, okay, I want to continue that pursuit of knowing yeah. him forever until that point where, where he returns. And I also know that he didn't call me necessarily to the four walls of the church. Like I'm not called mm-hmm. to preach in that way, but yeah. I am very much called by God. I may not be passing out tracks, but I'm very much, this is very much my, my great commission. Go For ye sure. therefore into, he said into all nations. All the world. So that means the medical field. That means the work that you're doing. For, you know, my for the culture, like you know what I'm saying, in the yeah. mental health field, like, and you being a black woman, one like doctors are what is it like one percent of the population are doctors, and then less than that are black doctors, and then black women doctors. That's not by accident. Mm. That's not by accident for you to be a doctor that looks like you, speaks like you, speaking to the people who you are speaking to, mm. and you are doing God, you're doing the will of the the will of your father through mental health, and whether yeah. you use the DSM or the book of Revelations, you're still doing the work of the Lord. That's so good, yo. That is so good. 
All right. So with that being said, I'm going to practice. Okay. I'm going to ask you another question and I'm going to say, okay. <laughs> all right. Come so on. going back to penis size, okay. I didn't think, oh, I didn't think. You didn't. Go ahead. <laughs> so going back to penis size. So before we engaged in this, um, before we started the podcast, we were having a conversation about how that's often associated with one's self-esteem and how like some, even though we might have the conversation that size doesn't matter in that regard. There might be men out there who may feel like they're not well endowed and feel like, you know, I'm going to leave it at that because now I'm starting to turn red. So go okay. ahead. Oh, well, I'm finna, I'm finna, I'm finna rock your little world then. So here's the, <laughs> here's the thing with, with penis size and well-being. That is a symptom of, or ill, if you will, of toxic masculinity. There is one way one way to be male, then one way to be masculine. It is to be of a certain height, a certain complexion, a certain penis size, a certain voice inflection, make a certain amount of money, have slept with a certain amount of uh, women, desire yeah. sex a certain, a specific amount of time, you know, and toxic masculinity says that men need sex. Nobody needs sex, right? Mm. Toxic masculinity says that you know, and hip hop music and a number of other things say that nine inch penises are the way to go. And that mandingos are these freaks of nature that needs to be put on pornography and paraded around like, you know, and come out of commercialized for, for consumption. Right. And if you have below that, then you're less than a man. So then what happens is um, instead of being, instead of saying, I don't feel good about myself because my penis is smaller whatever that means relative you know then yeah. i'll rather say to women she don't have no walls mm. she loose and so the vagina is a muscle and so just like you don't wear out your arm by doing this you pick up groceries every other day your arm ain't wore out your arm ain't get loose educated so vagina fun- okay the <laughs> vagina functions in the same way so women are taught to carry the the weight and the brunt of all of the ill shortcomings, the sexual shortcomings of yeah. men. By some way, somehow, it is the woman's. It's the woman's fault if she doesn't, if she has, as opposed to saying this. Is, and the reality of it is, the science say, the stats say that in America, the average fully erect penis is five and a half inches, which means most people, because mm-hmm. average means the majority. The majority of people are walking around with a penis that's five and a half inches, and five and a half inches. I mean, that's not little, but that ain't no ruler like everybody likes to walk around thinking that they have and then here's the other thing women are also taught to disregard their their own pleasure mm-hmm. and be wet and willing but don't want it too much and then stroke his ego and make him feel good about it so then we have women who aren't really feeling what's happening sexually and they start faking it mm-hmm. and so when you fake it you're giving false affirmations to and, and so now he's and you know this is not about the same because you know the saints don't have sex right and so he then leaves you the nine things they leave you and then go to someone else and do the same thing with the false confidence that you then gave them because you was in there hooping and hollering and you did not feel no thing no right? thing and no thing and that's and that's what that's what happens and then also mm-hmm. are socialized to believe it because of toxic masculinity, there is one way to be good at sex. And a lot of times it's that pounding, humping, you know, and every woman is going to like it. And so because one one woman climax 
they think that they can do the same thing with the next the next one and not really tune in to say what is it that you like and this is where i say all the time your orgasm is your responsibility so if he comes in trying to do what he's been doing and you take it that's your and you don't that's your business like that's your fault that you know what i'm saying that's your fault and so really what i want folks to realize is that your sexual resume only qualifies you for the current job you have you go to a next job we entry level all over again that resume does not go the only thing that you can carry from one partner to the next and this is like you know saving not because they you know there's times where we want to hold on to guys we want to you know abstain we want to get married and be married with that person for the rest of our lives but sometimes that doesn't happen and so you have we have people have experiences but what makes you a good lover that you can transfer from one to the next is your ability to listen. That is the primary sign of a good lover. The ability to listen and then, of course, consent. That's it. So you're saying you can't use the same cookie cutter method on. OK. You, okay. I mean, you can you can try. Doesn't like or he doesn't like it, then you need to say, well, what is it that you do like? I mean, you can use it as a starting point, as a reference point. Like yeah. generally, women, most women need clitoral stimulation to to climax. So that's information yes. that Go you ahead. can carry from one place to the next. You yeah. know, the frenulum on a male, the underside of a male penis, is very sensitive, and so can you stimulating that. Something okay, Good. okay. The frenulum, what is that? Yes. So okay, so. It's like the when you look if you okay. So this is the, the, the penis. So this is the penis. I don't know how to do it. This is the penis. And it the 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 head is like this, like the little mushroom thing where all of the skin comes together in the back and that little V underneath it, like the underside of it, that area right there, that's the frangulum. And it's it's a collection of nerves and it's very sensitive. So you if you like use the thumb area like the this uh, crease here and you're, you're stimulating there similar to how you do with the clitoris it, it's stimulating it's very pleasurable because of that collection of nerves right there so that information the science of it you can take from one place to the next so but okay. though um though frenulum stimulation is may help with an orgasm your particular husband your husband or your particular partner may not like it mm. or it may not like that much pressure or may like a little bit more pressure or may not mm-hmm. want to feel may want you to nibble on it a little bit you know what i'm saying so there's certain things that you can transition from certain certain facts that you can transition from one person to the next but skills is are are, are different so and you ultimately, have to ask, yeah yeah you gotta ask absolutely okay. that's it you have to ask open your mouth my, my girlfriend sexologist tomorrow says use your mouth to ask questions mm-hmm. and then provide information i love it I love it. Brittany, you're going to be so proud of me. I'm almost at the last question. And I don't, like, I'm not turning red anymore. Like, I I think I'm becoming more comfortable with this conversation. I'm quite proud. I am so (laughs) proud. No, but you're you're really um, educating me right now and the listeners, too. And I love how you're you're saying, like, you don't have to sin to be educated, basically. Like, I think we spent so many years, especially in, like, Christian communities, uh, demonizing sex and you know it's a, it's a sin until um y- you know we, we therefore we can't talk about it we can't be educated about it until we're married which is not true like we we have a responsibility to ourselves and to our future partners to be able to like know about these things so i'm appreciative of this conversation even though it's uncomfortable um but you <laughs> 
But listen, you dropping gems, girl. Okay, last question. Uh, sex is the only way to experience pleasure. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Okay. Oh, that's such a good question. And it's so, it's one of the most per- pervasive myths that mm-hmm. you know I work in or encounter with the clients. I work a lot with Black Christian women who mm-hmm. are single and trying to figure out how do I do this singleness thing, but yet they have these like really deep emotions and lamenting about like kind of lingering in the single season. And it mm-hmm. is because they feel like the pleasures of the world are reserved for a marriage. So they have not quite a- arrived yet. But sex is just one way to experience pleasure. And when you think about marriage, I was married for nine years. Sex is such a small part Mm. of the joys of marriage. Sex is such a small part of just marriage in general. The amount of time, you'll spend so much more time being married in other ways than you will being married and and having sex. And so Mm -hmm. is sex pleasurable? Absolutely. Are orgasms popping? Baby, there's literally, it's literally an incomparable feeling. There's literally no feeling. Like, you know how like on the other spectrum, there's no feeling like a toothache? Mm. There's no feeling like an orgasm. Okay. So I know that we're going we're gonna to have that. However, we have five senses, right? God, the God, and some of us, I mean, some may not have access to all of our senses and not, you know, hold space for that. But whatever it is, we have more than one way of experiencing yeah. pleasure. And so folks leaning into sensuality over sexuality is really mm-hmm. how to get those, those pleasurable things. So what in your curating your space so that it smells good. Mm. curating your you know your home decorating your home so that it looks aesthetically pleasing so that when you come like you know how like you walk into a house and it's like or a hotel room and it's all you know and you like all the ways all the stress of the world is kind of hop up off your shoulders and in right. the same way if your if your space is in disarray it keeps you you know stress pleasure is it's in the same way like what smells mm. good what looks good what feels good on your skin Right. What sounds good? Like what tastes good? A lot of times we eat, we, you know, eat in a way we got to say we shouldn't live to eat. We should eat to live, which, I, you know, you want to health is important and that kind of thing. But also I just wanted something that tastes good. I have taste buds for a reason. Right. And I want to enjoy and give yourself permission to lean into those things and don't wait for anybody else to give it to you. That's the other thing that a lot of single women battle with is they love like I love flowers. And I signed up for a monthly flower subscription. I get a fresh bouquet of flowers delivered every week. I love flowers. And I'm not about to wait. I'm not about to wait to be in a relationship to get my flowers. Because then it makes me question, do you want the flowers or do you want somebody to give you the flowers? Like, Mm -hmm. where is your interest in? To be able to say somebody bought me flowers or do you actually like the idea of flowers? Or do you like flowers at all? And Hollywood has told you that getting a bouquet of roses is is the bee's knee. Right. And so that's what seeing pleasure outside of sex does for you. It helps you to clarify your turn-ons and turn-offs, which aren't just sexual. Yes, I love that. So you mean to tell me if I love crabs and Kool-Aid and I I get me some crabs and Kool-Aid, that's pleasure? That is pleasure. Okay. That is pleasure. And you turn on a good movie, light you some candles, put on your fuzzy pajamas, whatever, or your glove, like whatever you do, and and let and just rest in there and be like, this is dope. Yes. And be cool with it. You know what, Brittany? I feel like if more people, especially um women in the church, 
we're more educated about like what pleasure entails and like how we can experience pleasure by ourselves without having to rely on somebody else. I think more people will be more content in their singleness. Correct. Correct. Because they wouldn't feel like they're missing out. That's a lot of exactly. we feel like it's that FOMO, right? Yeah. Missing out. Like they and so that that sends people racing down the altar yes. to marry people that they don't even really know or that they mm-hmm. don't even really like. They set that that put like soul seeds of like discord between yeah. the married and the single because you got something I don't want to, I don't, and that's not that deep. Like, you know, Valentine's Day is getting ready to get, come up, which means mm-hmm. we're going to get the whole slew of, it's just one day, you should be <laughs> celebrated every day. Like, you're, but here's the thing, ma'am, sir, if you had somebody celebrate you on Valentine's Day, you wouldn't be saying this right now. And so mm-hmm. don't like, at, like being able to be, con- you know, Paul said, I've been a base and I've, and I've been a bail, but I've learned to be content in all things yes. and so what lean and so pleasure and living a like i talk about living a pleasure fueled life is like joy it's a state of being it's not yeah. fleeting like happiness it's not you know right. it's not fleeting like those type of things it's it's this is i am it is a resting place like peace it is a resting place and mm-hmm. so everything that i do every decision when you say we say all the time like don't do anything that doesn't serve you that's pleasure. That is that yeah. is giving yourself permission to live a pleasure fueled life because I don't like this person takes away from my 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 peace. So that's not pleasurable. This food is nasty, so I'm not going to eat it. This restaurant is too slow, so I'm not going to give them. You know, I'm not going to give my money. This right. sweater makes me itch, so I'm not going to wear it. Like you know, those like that type of thing. Lean, lean into it in in the large and be developing that habit of curating the your yeses as much as your noes that'll serve you and all of they'll serve you at work so you're not just taking whatever they give you and you're advocating for yourself to mm-hmm. get the money that you should be getting it'll serve you among your friend group so you're not in this cycle of people pleasing and it'll ultimately serve you in a bedroom so you can say things like it's the clip for me when you're not when he's down there flailing around you know, like where's Waldo with the clitoris? You can say, uh-uh, honey, <laughs> it's the clit for me. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> um, I tried to, I tried to hold it in, Brittany, but no, you're, you're making such great points, and this idea of pleasure being a state of being—that's so good. Yes, because like we, we make pleasure like it's something that somebody has to give me. That I have yep. to, you know, continue to, I have to do things or people have to do for me in order to receive it when yep. I literally just can choose to live a life of pleasure. Absolutely. I don't have to wait on anybody for that. Absolutely. Girl, Absolutely. you know, it's your birthright. Yeah. It is Ooh, as a child of God, pleasure is your birthright. He came not mm. that we might have not just that we might have life, that we might have it more abundantly. Like, like, and it says he exceeds, like we serve the God that exceeds abundance that we he does exceedingly abundantly above so like you know a lot of times people misquote that scripture and say exceedingly and abundantly no he exceeds abundance abundance so when you wow. think about your pleasure living abundantly and then as a child of god go beyond that exceed it even the more it is your by by your sheer existence. So I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what your history is, your track record, your body count. I don't care nothing about how many kids you got, what your social economic status, none of that. You by your sheer existence on this earth 
you had the birth birthright of pleasure. Girl, you said a whole word. I feel like again, like you are anointed to dismantle. Here you go. Here you all go. That are keeping <laughs> us it's like in bondage, basically. And I even earlier in the podcast, you called it a stronghold. There's a stronghold, a special assignment uh, that the enemy has for us not to be educated. The people perish for the lack of knowledge. Like that's why it's so important to have people like you in this field, in this industry, doing it and being the number one at it. And I'm not just saying that because y'all can Google my girl. Google um, me, baby. Okay. <laughs> so, Brittany, you have been a gem. Like, uh, I cannot thank I you enough. Yeah. Girl, I'm going to definitely let you go because I know, you know, you, you in school, you getting that PhD, you got homework. But our last segment is typically the Ask Dr. Shonda segment. You ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So I got a question for you. It was sent in by one somebody in our text community. And you guys, if you haven't joined the podcast text community, all you got to do is text podcast to 21000. That's podcast to 21000. All right. So the question says, in today's society with social media, parents, religion, all applying pressure when it comes to the married with children narrative, what are some ways someone can stay positive and not let it tear them down? Great question. Well, that is a great question. Um, I'm supposed to answer that or you want to answer that? No, I want you to answer it. You want me to answer? Oh, okay. Because it said ask Dr. Shonda, so I wasn't sure. Well, you help me. <laughs> so first things first, you need to understand and ask yourself, do you want that? Mm. The, worst, the, the most anti-pleasurable thing is trying to live a life that somebody else has for you. Mm -hmm. Is marriage and children a thing that you actually want? And so, especially for women, it's this thought that it's just like, because we're born, we're supposed to want to be married with children, or we're supposed to want to be a mother. We both, like, you know what I'm saying? So you have to establish for yourself, is this anything that I want outside of those pressures? And then also be able to realize that, like, you know, parents may mean well and all of that, but they're not putting in on this. Exactly. Raising children is expensive, right? And everybody needs to mind their own uterus. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, and move in that way. But the pressures are real. Um, ultimately, establish what it is that you want for yourself and then share with those people, again, with pleasure, not allowing people in your space that put that unnecessary pressure on you. So if it's media and things like that, curating what you watch or what you like, you know, exactly. this is super, you know, this church, and your mind, your ear gates and your eye gates, and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. If it's parents, listen, mom, dad, auntie, my mom. I'm not having this conversation with you anymore. And if they bring it up, then you this guy, you're an adult, so you have the opportunity to to pull back. Like you don't have to, and it's not a sign of disrespect to say, Hey, thank you and I appreciate your concern, but this is not a conversation that I'm willing to have anymore. When I'm ready to move into that step of my life, I'll let you know. And then let that be that. I love that. Um, simply because like in our community, especially, like we have such a hard time setting boundaries with parents okay. and you know aunties uncles all that stuff but when we say things like that like you know i'm no longer interested in having this conversation with you people have no other choice but to abide by our boundaries okay or actively show that they dis they or what what you do then is you put them in a situation to either respect your boundaries or mm -hmm. actively disregard them and so now the ball yeah. is in your court do you want to continue a connection with someone who actively disregards That's so your good. boundaries and that doesn't mean you got to cut your mama off because, you know, people are like, I'm not about to cut off my mama. But it's this false narrative that because they are our parents, because right. they are our family, we have to deal with them. You do not right. have to. 
that's there is you there's love and there's affection and there's care, mm-hmm. but there's also distance. Okay. You can yes. love them from a distance. From a distance. You do not have to engage. Okay. Love don't guarantee access. Yes. Neither does familial ties. Does not guarantee access. Come on. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Brittany Brodus. Soon to be. Come on. Yes. Do it, Jesus. Let's Lord, we'll see what you have done for others. <laughs> I'm calling you doctor because like you, you already talking like you wrote somebody's dissertation or whatever. Um, I'm proud of you for everything you're doing. I'm proud yes. of you too. Thank you. So can you tell the people how they can support you, like what you, what you have going on and where they can find you? Absolutely. So we are right in the thick of um, submission collection for My Vulva and Me, Volume mm-hmm. 3, which is our, our anthology series for, by, and about Black women. We're on the third volume. This volume is called Dear Mama. First yes. volume was just a free every you know black women writing their their hearts and their stories and poems. Last volume they wrote letters. Black women wrote letters to the little black girl inside of all of them. And this time we're writing letters to our mama. That relation, that black mom daughter relationship, you know that's oh that mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a lot. It's interesting, yeah. and I don't think that we like we on a mainstream folks have not really unpacked that yes. relationship in a real way. So that's what we're doing. I know this yes. is um going to air in a couple of weeks. So it's open. Submissions are open until March 1st. If you have a letter to your your mom, your stepmom, your godmom, your adopted mom, anybody who is a mother figure in your life that you need to write yes. something to, by all means, um, write that letter, send it in. Um, and other than that, I have, if you want to kind of unpack some more of the things that we've talked about today, I have a workbook called Understanding Intimacy, A Believer's Guide which is available on my website, theintimacyfirm.com. It helps you unpack those things, the science and the scripture of sex relationships and God's heart for sex relationships and intimacy. And it has spaces for you to really kind of process like, hold up, who am I? What is what 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 does my circles of sexuality look mm-hmm. like? What do I what do I want? What am I interested in? What has my past, how has my past shaped my outlook for the future? All you know, all in one one book. Yes, so. yes. And I have that book. So uh, y'all need to get it. Um, and I got to I gotta submit my submission for the book, the upcoming book. Yes. So, yes. yeah. So I'm excited, though, for your future, Brittany. Like, Thank you. You're going to be on own with your own show. At the me. essence class. Like, it's, you know, it, I just can't wait to see it unfold for you. No, we're going to wrap it up here, y'all. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. Make sure that you text podcast to 21000. Connect with my girl, Brittany, the number one Christian sexologist in America. Yay. And make Yay. sure you remember, period, sis. Like, And make sure you guys remember you have the power to create the emotions that you want to experience. We wrap that up at the end of every session, at the end of every uh you know, I was going to call it a session, but it feels like a session Episode. today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a session. But cool. I'm going to say you have the power to create the pleasure that you want to experience based on the conversation we had with Dr. Brittany. All right, y'all. So I'm going to catch y'all next week. We're going to be talking to Anthony O'Neill. He's going to be talking about securing the bag in your singleness. All right, y'all. Have a great night. 
What's up, y'all? This is Clint Coley, and I'm the host of the Music is a Love Language podcast. Now, check this out. If you're a fan of music podcasts, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Music is a Love Language podcast. We are a podcast that has honest conversations about music all day, every day. If you like to argue music, this is the podcast you want to be listened to. And it's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop and powered by creators. Again, Make sure you guys follow and subscribe. Music is a love language podcast. I'm Clint Coley. Hope to have your ear soon.